Get ready for a no BS approach to health and fitness. This is NBS Fitness Radio. What's up, everyone? We are back with NBS Fitness Radio. I am sitting here with Brett Street. Brett actually went to high school with me and then recently uh, recently joined the gym his last August-ish, June, July. When did you join? About six, seven months ago. Okay, very cool. Um, and so Brett's got a pretty unique story. Uh, he was diagnosed with cystic fibrosis at a young age. So kind of tell your um, tell tell everyone kind of like what that means, um, and kind of just share your story with, with with that. So cystic fibrosis is a genetic lung function. It affects roughly one in every two hundred thousand births in America. I'm not sure about worldwide, but what it is is essentially your body cannot it produces so much excess mucus and i'll put this in layman terms the tubes that line your lungs that deliver air to everywhere it needs to go think of it like a straw they're crimped yeah so it makes it very hard to get air and it also makes the mucus not flow so which can cause tons of bacteria to build eventually leads to lung infection which eventually will lead to less lung function which leads to ultimately potentially death yeah so that's what it is. And everybody has specific genes um, transferred by the parents. And it's actually, both parents have to have it, and you still only have a 25% chance of getting it. So I was a lottery winner. Did your parents know that they had it, or? They did not. Okay. Now kids are tested at birth, and the parents can be tested prior to if they uh, know about it. Okay, but yeah, gotcha. they had no idea. And how old were you when you were diagnosed? Roughly three-ish. Okay. I was in between three and four. Like what, how did they, how did they determine, Hey, like something's different, something's wrong when you get this tested? I was always hungry. It affects your digestive, digestive system. I was always hungry. They didn't know why other things were happening that I won't go into graphic detail about, but one thing in particular happened. Um, some of my insides actually came out of me. And so I was rushed to the hospital and then they diagnosed me and it freaked my parents out to death. I bet. Yeah. So, okay. So. So that's kind of the typical diagnosis. And what's the what's the typical treatment for cystic fibro, fibrosis? Like what what's what's the expectation of life living with uh, CF? Now at this stage it's in between 37 and 42. I think is the estimate. They say 42 now, but a, f- a couple years ago it was 37. Yeah. So now they're estimating between 37 and 42. Okay. Some cases are really bad, some cases aren't as bad. Yeah. But uh what do they what is life like with it? What, what I'm trying to ask is when you're diagnosed with it, what do they kind of tell you to prepare for? And what do they do to treat it? They essentially tell the parents to essentially prepare for the worst. I mean, it's hard to, to sugarcoat it because they're going to say, you know, the life is not going to be great quality. I know that my doctor told my parents not to expect me to live past 10. Yeah. You know, they, I mean, they kind of hammer it because it's, it's a reality check and it's not, it's something you can't really sugarcoat. Right. Or else, you know, the parents might have a little more optimism than they should and then they're crushed and it might be even worse. But at this, at that point they can prepare yeah. and at least try to have as normal of a life as they can. Yeah. And what's the typical treatment like for CF? Um, as a young kid, you're, Young kids will have, you know, they'll have saline treatments. Saline, um, salt water actually helps 
I guess, lubricate the mucus within the lung and yeah. get it moving. They actually came about this because surfers in Australia that had CF were surfing a lot, and their lung function went up drastically because they were inhaling all the salt water yeah. in, the, in the ocean. Um, as you get older and it gets worse, it's still the same uh, salt water treatments, and then tons of antibiotics, which actually hurt you in the long run, but yeah. right then they save you. Right. So, I mean, there's really not any good treatments except for – forgot about this. They came out with a new drug two years ago for the particular strand of CF that I have. Yeah. And it's increasing people's lung function up to 25, 30%. Wow. So, I mean, it was life changing for me because I mean, I, I feel like I don't have it anymore, yeah. but I do. Right. So, okay. Let's go back to your dad had an interesting response. <laughs> so at first he was, he was terrified because I was his second born son. Um, and he was scared he was going to lose me. So at the, at the beginning, he slept with me every single night because he thought he was going to lose me any moment. Yeah. Then once it started to become clear that maybe I wasn't going to pass right away, he started going to these. If anybody, if you know anybody that's had alcoholism, there's Al-Anon for the parents of an alcoholic. Yeah. Well, they had those for parents with CF kids. Okay, yeah. And so they went, and my dad is, you never met him, but you might have heard stories. He's very alpha, A personality, just to give it to you straight. He essentially said, F this, we're not going to be victims. I'm going to make him run every single day. <laughs> and he made me chase the family dog, and he said he'd give me a popsicle if I caught it, but I could never catch the dog. <laughs> I just love the pathetic. Yeah, I mean, your dad had, like, that first response, like, Oh my God, like the, a reasonable response that any parent would have. But then he was like, no, screw that. We're going to, we're going to fight back against this. Oh yeah. He actually told the doctor when they told him, I probably wouldn't live past a certain age. He told him to F off, but he actually <laughs> used <laughs> the, the actual word. Right. Uh, so he, he had you start kind of running and doing cardiovascular activity, like from Oh, yeah. As a super young age. Yeah. Once it kind of, he realized what was going on and he came to terms with it, he would, he was a really good golfer, like really good, almost a scratch at one point. And he would hit golf balls and chip them. Our front yard was almost, it was about an acre and a half. Yeah. So he would chip them and say, go get them. Yeah. He'd make me run everywhere. Yeah. So he just like basically made you just start doing cardio from a yeah. crazy young age. Yeah. Probably like four. Yeah. <laughs> Not like scheduled cardio, but he was just. Every Everywhere ch- around. Every chance you got, God, just... They made me run. Run. <laughs> All right, so then that led eventually into you uh, playing sports and doing cross-country uh, whatnot. So, uh, talk about kind of um, middle school, high school, um, exercise you were doing then, and, like, how CF played a role in all that. So, at the age of 11, excuse me, I... Every Sunday, my dad, my brother... My brother-in-law and my brother, um, his really good friend from high school, we would run five miles at Shelby Farms every Sunday. And I think I started that when I was 11, maybe 10. And I was really bad at first. You started doing it with, I mean, they're all older. Oh, yeah. My brother's 20 years older than me. My dad's had me when he was 37. So everybody's significantly older than me. I think I was finishing almost last. There was one guy who was very good. (laughs) But... And then after a year of doing that, I caught up to my brother who was finishing first. And then I started running cross country in middle school. Yeah. And I was actually really good, surprisingly. Yes. Like, 
Were you, could you tell, like, were you aware of, like, a, what was your lung function around that time? And right you, then, it was actually still really good. Yeah, and okay. I, I have a theory that was because he made me start running at such an early age. Yeah. It made my lungs active. It was like a muscle. Yeah. Like, it was in shape. Um, at one point, I think I remember I blew 100%. Yeah. And then it wasn't until later in my life where it started going down, tripping down. But I have a theory that if I hadn't been running, if I just, if they had taken the, not the loser, but the victim mentality, yeah. I, I, I don't think I would have made it that far. Yeah. What, what would the doctors say? Like when you're go, like when you go in and, and blow a hundred percent or you're, and you're like, God, I don't know. I feel good. Can't tell me the difference. I'm actually winning some cross country meets. <laughs> like what is, what is the doctor saying? Well, what the doctor I had at the time, he called me a poster child. The woman that would actually initiate the tests of the blow, I mean, she'd be like, blah, blah, blah. I mean, she was really into it. Sweetest, one of the sweetest women I've yeah. ever met in my life. Yeah. But she was great. She's like, you are doing so good. Like, yeah. keep it up, keep it up. And I mean, I had, I was eating like 25, 3,000 calories at 11. Yeah, yeah. Like, my mom, I was so sick of eating. And my mom be like, oh, you get to eat another blueberry pie. Like, like, well, it's not fun yeah, yeah, if yeah, you yeah. have to do it yeah. every single day. Because <laughs> what was your weight back, back then? I was tiny. I remember in middle school, I was a buck 20. Okay, yeah. Like, I, in high school, I was like a buck 45 until I made it to senior year. And I, I ate so much food that I bulked up to maybe like 160, yeah. 165. Were you doing any other sports, or were you just doing cross-country? Cross-country and track, and then, you know, I did the typical, like, 4 by 8 bench press, and that was in push-ups, but gotcha. no, nothing strength-related, like, focused. Gotcha. So, yeah, uh, primarily focusing on, on the distance. Oh, yeah, stuff. for okay. sure. 800 was the least amount of distance I ran. That was track. Gotcha. Okay. Um, And what, what point did you start – you becoming aware of like the CF and you actually start seeing your, your lung function go down. <clears throat> you started kind of like being started impacting you. I would say when the lung function started going down, I was 19, 20. Okay. But you I still running then. Yeah. Okay. Um, I wasn't as in a good of a mental spot because I was becoming very aware of what I had. You know, you're in high school, you kind of, you're with the guys all the time. Yep. Life is not really life at that point. But then I didn't go to college. I went straight working for my dad. And then life became life. Because, yeah. I mean, I was plumbing outside. It was 98 degrees. And it was awful. Yeah. So then I started feeling my lungs and yeah. really started understanding what I had. And it, it spiraled me mentally. Yeah. I didn't handle it well. Yeah, that was kind of the first first time like you had an awareness of, of the disease and, like, the potential for it for sure there was a, there was one race i remember it was so hot in high school cross country where it it stopped me i, I couldn't catch my breath mm. and it was actually on the last mile and i stopped like it was the only race i've ever stopped and i yeah. still think about it right not really think about it but i still remember it and it i mean i had to sit down to catch my breath like i couldn't grasp i, I can run a lot faster when it's cold and when it's hot yeah and the everybody else it was the other way the flip-flop yeah. Interesting. Okay, cool. So, um, can I talk about like your, your, your twenties and like what you were doing then or like how, like how the disease was impacting you throughout your twenties? It was, 
I mean, I really didn't have a program. I was more just doing um, CrossFit wasn't really around then. I was running. I was doing whatever weightlifting I thought I needed to do, which yeah. translated to a lot of triceps, a lot of bench, and a lot of shoulder press. Yeah. And zero legs, zero back, zero abs. It was just, it was all just the standard glamour muscles. Right. And cardio. Okay. That was it. And I'm standing. What kind of cardio were you doing? Just long distance. Okay. It was hard to do intervals. Like a lot of time in cross country, we'd have, we're going to run 10, 800s. Yeah. And we're going to, you know, but you had a group of guys and you go out running 800. All right. You got one minute. Yeah. All right. Awesome. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, doing that solo for months on end, it's just. It's rough. <laughs> like if you've got that kind of mindset, you're a professional athlete type of thing. Yeah. Yeah. So it's hard to suffer through that by yourself. Um, okay. So it was, it, was your lung function still staying where it was? It was going, was it going down? Like it probably went down noticeably when I turned about 24, Okay, maybe 25. Like it dropped to about, it dropped to the high eighties. Okay. Were you, was there no, like, could you tell like if you, when you were working on it, like, man, I just, I don't mm-hmm. have the same breath as I, I used to. It was slight. But I, I could tell. Like, yeah. I could tell how at the beginning of the workouts, I was having to cough up a lot more before my lungs would fully open. Yeah. I could tell towards the end of it and the next day, like, man, I'm just a lot more tired than I used to be. Yeah. And it wasn't like, you know, I was 20 and 25, I'm getting old. It right. was just, it was starting to hit. Yeah. Okay. So, and what, when did that medicine come out? Like, when did you become aware that? that I started medicine? taking it when I came back to Memphis. Okay. In you had, May of 2019. You had moved to? Florida. Right. To be close to the salt water, right? Well, I'd moved down there for another purpose, but yeah, yeah that was one of them. That was the side side benefit of right. it. Okay. So, you moved back to Memphis, became aware of the, the medication. Mm-hmm. Um, and, like, how, did, how has that been? Oh, it's phenomenal. When I got, I, I knew of the medication, but at the time, I didn't have a, I mean, it's expensive, yeah, ridiculously expensive. And so the job I have now allows me, I have insurance yeah, and I have assistance, assistance paying for this medication, which helps. But when I came back, it was May 3rd, 2019. I got on the medicine a couple months later and my lung function before I got on it was 59%. Jeez. Now, the last time I blew, it was 80, yeah. like low eighties. Dang. So this is Drove it up big time. Oh, man. And that, how I was telling you, normally I would have to cough. But at anything cardio, within 30 seconds, I'm hacking, getting all this stuff out. Now, nothing. I I remember because I took it the next day I started pre or uh, warming up for a CrossFit workout in my my gym, in my garage. Yeah. And I was doing um, thrusters just with the bar to warm up. And I wasn't, it was, I wasn't coughing. I was like, what's going on? I went, Laura, I'm not coughing. And like, I I ran through 50 without anything. I was like, man, I can breathe again. Yeah, that's awesome. Okay, so how did you kind of uh, make that shift from more of a, because I eventually got into CrossFit, and then you got into more kind of like weight weightlifting or um, like strength-based training. How how did kind of all that come about? So when I got back, I knew – I really wanted to get back in shape. Mm-hmm. It, was, it was one of my top priorities. I met Laura, who at the time owned CrossFit Silver Bowl yeah. over by Southwind. And 
I mean, she, if you've ever met her, she's a stout girl. I mean, at one time she was ranked eighth in the country in her weight division of Olympic lifting. Yeah. And I'm coming in, never squatted. <laughs> and I think my max squat was 185. Yeah. And she's repping 225. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I was like, well, this is embarrassing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and so I had, I was, that was a push, but I mean, I knew I wanted to. So I was like, you know what, let's, I, I see people doing it all the time. Not all the time, but more than you would think. People are squatting 500 pounds. Yeah. I was like, okay, that's cool. I don't think, I don't even know if there's one CF patient that squats 500 pounds. Yeah. Okay, that's a cool goal. And then I realized I did not want to do CrossFit. I was so sick of cardio, cardio, cardio. Yeah. And it wasn't making me very strong. It was making me endurance strong. Yeah, but yeah. as far as lifting more weight and being strong, it wasn't getting me there. Right. And so I- You've been in great shape, you're- your entire childhood growing up, like, but you haven't been strong yet. Right. Yeah. Never strong. Yeah. I mean, I could, I could bench more than I could squat. Yeah. <laughs> like, I could rep bench more than I could squat once. <laughs> so, and then Laura being as strong as she was, it was kind of embarrassing. And she, I mean, she gave me crap about it. She was like, you know, after we were together and we loved each other yeah, yeah. and stuff like that. She, Not on day one. <laughs> I was like, all right, I'm, I'm, I'm going to get so strong, it's going to make you annoying. And so, <laughs> or make you annoyed. So, I started doing that, and then once I started, you know, uh, it's hitting 225, hitting 300, hitting, you know, keep going up, like, man, I could actually maybe compete with this. Yeah. So it went from just 500 squat to let's see how far a CF patient can, how strong a CF patient can actually get. Yeah. And then it's just, you know, st- you know still going on. Yeah. So, um, yeah, what, what's the, what's that transition been like because i mean since you've been here i mean you've put on a good chunk of muscle a significant amount of strength and and like you're talking about like most people in the cf community that's that's not the case like they're not putting on muscle building strength i mean like you're you're a jack dude like thanks <laughs> you don't look like the skinny frail like I don't want to see a victim, but you know what I'm saying. Well, no, I mean, it's not. Yeah. I mean, we are typically skinny. I mean, that's the poster child for CF is a little bit better than skinny and frail. Yeah. So there's, you know, that one guy we talked about in Northern Ireland, he, he's kind of the exception. He is a jack dude. Yeah. Um, And so I was always look and I always wonder why are more CF patients not bigger? Because some of them have, light cases like mine was considered is considered light you know even at 59 percent lung function i'm still you know i'm in my 30s yeah so that's light yeah i know there's more like it i see them all the time i've met i met a couple in florida like why are they not big and then everything is predicated on cardio yeah cardio cardio which doesn't build muscle yeah those endurance but it doesn't build muscle and then those people that did cardio for 20 years now they have no muscle when their lung function starts to get real bad yeah. and their body deteriorates and they have nothing to, to fall on. Yeah. I mean, okay, so t- yeah, talk a little bit about that, about why it's necessary and why it's beneficial to have higher levels of um, muscularity when you have CF. Well, okay. So just like we were talking about prior to this, we started this podcast. If you see someone that's in their fifties, like what's the, what's the guy here that he's 55 years old, but he's like the strongest guy in the gym. Oh, uh, Mike? Mike. Yeah. You see him, and then you see an, another 55-year-old that doesn't lift, that yeah. just runs. Mike is 
more valuable to the tribe. Like you will be able to do more. You'll be able to live longer. It's your, you know, it's your suit of armor. It yeah. is, it, it prevents you from aging. Yeah. I mean, not literally, but yeah, it helps. It'll, it'll help in the process. So I call you, like a bit, it's a bigger savings account. At some point you can start drawing down on it. So yeah, I, since I've had gained all this muscle and now some of it, a lot of it is to the medication, but I was probably in the hospital with lung infection once, twice, maybe three times a year mm-hmm. since I've been back and on that medicine and gaining all this muscle, zero. Zero. And if these kids that are okay, a lot of them are okay till they're 18. Yeah. If they start lifting, you know, they're no, none of them are going to want to when they're 12, but if their parents kind of push them yeah. at a super young age before, you know, social media influence and yeah, they yeah. just become teenagers and jerks. Yeah. It, I feel like the CF community, the, the life expectancy would increase yeah. overall as an average. Um, what is, so from a cardiovascular standpoint now, you, you still do cardiovascular work. Yes. Not nearly as much, but not, it's not, it's not, um, at such a uh, tremendous volume as you use, we're doing no, not at all. And what's your lung function been since, or how has it changed at all since you've been primarily functioning or primarily doing? It hasn't based? dropped. Yeah, it hasn't dropped at all. <clears throat> Just been staying the same. Mm. Yeah, yeah. It, it's you gotta like. It makes sense that if it's a if it's a lung disease, then building up the lungs sure would be beneficial. But mm. building up up the lungs and and not building up the rest of the body is not the best strategy either. Right. Well, it's uh, like kind of putting a roof on your house, but you don't have the foundation. Yeah. I mean, it's, or a front door. I mean, yeah. it's just a lot of, there's a lot of holes. Yeah. That for some reason, I don't know why I haven't seen anything supporting it within the CF community about building muscle. Yeah. Because I mean, w- when I lived in Florida, we were doing, there's a thing called, or it was called Crossing for the Cure. It was a paddleboard from the Bahamas back to Florida. Yeah. <clears throat> and, and I did it and it was freaking terrible. But, like, I realized what you needed in that, it was just your brain. It was mind power to get across. I needed zero muscle. Yeah. Like, I never breathed hard. Like, it's not hard. It's just mentally daunting. So, like, when you. Yeah, how, it's 80-mile paddleboard? Yeah, a guy named Travis Suit, his daughter had CF, and he was the founder of a group called Piper's Angels. And they, they have an annual event to raise money for CF funding and all this stuff. It's, it's awful. It's like running on pavement as opposed to running on trails and Shelby Farms. So mentally and awful. Man. So, yeah. I, I've only <laughs> paddleboarded in the ocean one time. And it was like completely smoked just from standing on the thing for 10 minutes. But it's kind of boring, though. Because there's nothing. Like, there's cool. It's sunny. There's water. But I don't it's wanna, just water. I don't want to do it for... 20 hours or how long? 10 16. Hours, 16 hours. Yeah, it would take to... to That's to, awful. That sounds like a long time to just stand up on that. Yeah, you had to take breaks every hour because yeah. it was so hot. Yeah, it's sunny. Um, yeah, the community is just so engaged. But now, I mean, how do you change that? Like, how do you get that? Because I, I, obviously your doctor... I mean, when you're meeting with your doctors and everyone, they got to be going like, huh, something's well, I've been different doing, here. A lot I've been doing is, is voice calls and video calls because they're so... Scared of the 
Corona. That, that's another thing I can't stand. Like this whole being scared of stepping out of your front door with CF. Like, yeah. If I got Corona and died next week, whatever, man, I'm happy. But yeah. Like up until that point. Yeah. yeah so yeah, right. It's just, it drives me nuts. But I think, you know, that guy we talked about in Northern Ireland, he's really like his whole brand is being strong and fit with CF. And so yeah. he's really pushing it. But as far as hitting the medical mainstream, I, I have no idea. I mean, you know, I have my conspiracy theories that if they, if you feel better, they don't make as much money. Yeah. Well, you know, strength training is, is, is almost never like part of the, um, prescriptive prescription for anything. Like, I don't know why. Uh, yeah. I don't know why either. It, um, I think it's because it's being prescribed by most people that don't do it. Yeah. Well, I don't see a lot of big buff doctors. Yeah. Well, I mean, like, I'll just give you a, a, a fun example. We are literally right next door to an osteoporosis clinic. <laughs> you know, the best treatment for osteoporosis is loading, loading the bones so that they will. You don't get any people coming? Like, a zero. <laughs> and I had, like, we've been here 10 years, never had a single person walk over from the osteoporosis That's clinic. That's wild. I reached out to them to try, like, try to build a connection and see if there's anything we could do. And, like, like, nah, not, not really interested. That's what I'm saying, man. I and mean, you're like, if you cure them, I mean, I hate to say it, but it's just kind of like the painting on the wall. Well, and it, exactly. It's kind of like the, like, realistically, the way you avoid the osteoporosis clinic is by being in the gym. Like, coming right. in here keeps you from going over there. Um, but, yeah, strength training is never part of, like, any, any of the, uh, I must never hear it being prescribed by, by anyone. E- Cardio is. A lot oh, yeah, of, for yeah. sure. Cardio, cardio is, is great. Yeah, but ca- cardio is also, if you run on concrete, horrendous for your knees as opposed to squatting. Well, I mean, I think that's like the, I mean, the, the reality is, is like true fitness is ability across multiple capacities, right? So like, like if you only do one thing, there's going to be negative consequences to, like, to other things. So you should probably do some cardio, some mobility, some strength, some power, so on and so, so forth. So, um, but it's interesting that cardio is part of the medical toolbox and then like weight training rarely is. I think it, I always seem to, to see, even with my friends, that weight training, especially past a certain age, is damaging. Oh, you, it's like, oh, it's bad for your back, bad for yeah. your knees. It's like, aren't you worried about your back or your knees? I was like, well. Kind of. That's why I'm deadlifting. Like, <laughs> right. I, I don't want to be 50 and pull my back out of socket when I bend over. Yeah, yeah. I was trying to joke, like, you know who doesn't hurt their, their backs? People who deadlift 600 pounds. Yeah. <laughs> you know who hurts their backs? And there's people who are worried about deadlifting and hurting their back. <laughs> I mean, I remember one time somebody, and it made me laugh, they said, well, look at Ronnie Coleman. I was like, Ronnie Coleman was repping 800 pounds on his back yeah. for years. Yeah. And, I mean, he took a lot of stuff. So, yeah. I mean... It's just like that's a terrible example. Right, you look at like one guy who had a ex- extreme approach to weight training. That, but but even the flip side, of that is like he's still just one guy. You think he's the only dude, the only bodybuilder who lifted heavy weights over all, the, all those years? Oh, I agree. Ed Cohen lifted far more than Ronnie Coleman ever lifted, and he's still functioning pretty pretty good. Yeah. Um, but Arnold. Arnold, I mean, or we're going to use examples. Let's just look at 99% of the population. Right. <laughs> you know, like, 
If you give me one, I'll give you the everybody else. I'm on board. I mean, there's no bodies as far as people getting injured and being, can't do anything else because they're lifting. I did, yeah, and I think that's more of a... Um, taught. It's taught. Yeah, it's a cultural... It, it's culturally taught, and also it's like a... It's like a an easy out because it's hard to say. You know what? I'm just I'm kind of a mentally weak, and and I I don't want to put myself in a position where like my physical or mental weakness is exposed. Right. I don't want to go into a gym and re- and realize like man, over the last thirty years of not doing anything, um, that was a bad decision. And like here are all these people who or way better at, than me at all this stuff. I'd rather just <clears throat> protect my ego and go like, oh, it's bad for your back. I don't want to get hurt. Yeah. Like, okay, cool. Like, why don't you do everything else other than deadlift? You don't do that either. So. Right. It, yeah. It's not. Yeah. yeah. Oh, you're just trying to be a bro. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I want those kind of muscles. <laughs> I want to, I want who doesn't? What well, I mean, you show me, you tell me a guy who would rather look like they've never worked out or look like Arnold in his prime and they, right. they choose the other guy. Uh, they're a liar. Oh, yeah, 100%. Like, I won't. I mean, not, not saying you'll look like him, but just like being able to like maybe taste a little bit of what he's got. Or well, had. And, and the, the outward appearance is more like, it's a, like the outward appearance is part of the part of it. Like, you know, but it's also like the outward appearance is a reflection of a reflection of like the mindset, the actions and like everything that's been done. When I see someone who has broad shoulders and, 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 and thicker forearms and like strong hips and I'm like, okay, like th- this is someone who cares about their body. Mm-hmm. This is someone who has put in the time and effort. Um, uh, and if shit goes down right here, this is someone I can probably count on to, to, <laughs> to, to pick a car up off of someone if something happens. You know right. what I mean? Like uh, if I'm stuck, I want that guy coming to help me. I don't, I don't want your, I don't, I don't want you who, who doesn't do anything or, you know, you're, you know, I exercise by playing golf. Like, like that, that's great, but you're not gonna be able to help me out. If I need you to pick me up, throw me over your shoulder and run me to an ambulance. Right. You know what I mean? I mean, that's why, that's why, you know, I love my girlfriend now. She can, she has to, she can pick me up and carry me. That's awesome. (laughs) Um, what's, what are some of the similarities either physically, mentally, emotionally, whatever between that you notice? From going from like being um, so focused on cardio to now being like much more focused on strength, I think mentally it was something I could sustain for a, a much longer period of time because to to do the type of you know if I, I we talked about this a couple of weeks ago if I work out I really like to work out like I don't want to just come to the gym and kind of just like well I'm just doing this for 30 minutes just because I gotta yeah like I I really need to at least try to hit some sort of goal or just do something other than just going through the motions right and to get to the level of cardio that would be necessary to compete in something yeah like it wouldn't be CrossFit because I'm at that point at my age you know not strong enough to do that but it would just be a lot of running and I don't think I could I think in high school we ran up to 45 miles a week mm. on a heavy week. And then on a light week, it'd be about 30. Yeah. And I mean, I am not going to do that now. Like Which I, is, yeah. The thing about running is like, it's just something very monotonous about it. It's so like, boring. Y- you can run different. With people, run, it's fun. It's Yeah, totally fun. But still, it's like you can run some different trails. You can run some different routes. 
Oh yeah, Shelby, uphill. Shelby Farms is a godsend as far as that. Oh, one hundred percent. But you just run around a neighborhood, and that's just. But ooh. it is. But at the end of the day, it's still it. You're just running. Mm-hmm. Whereas, like in the weight room, there's a lot more options. I get a lot more rewarding of a feeling. Yeah. Than that euphoria you would feel after you would run. Like I would rather have run the high or in high school the three mile cross country race, which was at Shelby Farms and was on the back end towards that playground area. That was the starting line. Yeah, around it was really hilly. Yeah, I'd rather do that than the eight hundred around a track. Yeah, because it was more rewarding. Yeah, I felt like I was not because it was longer, but because the eight hundred is just I'm running twice around a track. It's yeah. just so boring. Like yeah. I'm not. I feel like I'm not tackling anything. Yeah, and the same that goes with the same as weightlifting or powerlifting lifting heavy like yeah. i feel great when i get under a bar and i can feel that knurling on my neck like it makes it gets me jacked yeah, like yeah, when yeah. morgan was spotting me yesterday that, i mean i felt great and yeah. i was saying like that was 20 pounds heavier but because y'all were just standing there yeah. i was able to well like i said it goes back to like another similarity is like both of them are a heck of a lot more enjoyable done in community oh for sure um yeah like i I, I've done plenty of training over the, the the last two and a half decades over solo, but like I have zero desire to train by myself. I mean, not necessarily me like having to, but like I like having other people in the room. When people are like, oh, I got the whole gym to myself. I'm like, that sucks to me. Like, I, yeah, that blows. I don't Sorry. want, I don't <laughs> want the whole gym to myself. I want someone else. Like, I'm a people person. I like being around, like, you know, I, I, being around people energizes me. It doesn't, it doesn't. Zap me. So oh, for sure. I remember uh, I was doing incline bench on one of the rigs and I can't remember which employee it was, but they walked by and they said, got the whole gym by yourself. It's like, yeah, it's awesome. Yeah. Like, <laughs> I, I don't like that. Um, it's the same thing. Like running is more of enjoyable when you do it with other people. And so it's training for sure. That's definitely, uh, a, um, something that they both have in common. What about, um, what about like, is there anything you miss about, about running and, and, and doing the cross country? Nope. <laughs> no, but the actual act, no, the yeah. brotherhood, yeah. Yeah, yeah. There was a there was a close knit. Yeah. I mean, it was only like six guys. Yeah, did it cross Some, country. Yeah, that I can remember. Yeah. Maybe some underclassmen I'm forgetting about. Right, but yeah. But then, yeah. When you're when you're junior, senior, they don't matter. <laughs> <laughs> For sure. <laughs> what, um, all right, so let's talk about kind of like future goals now. Like, what do you want to do? So you talked about wanting to. I told um, you the really lofty one. Yeah. By the time I'm I'm about to be 35 in November, by the time I'm 38, 39, depending on how I progress, maybe if I can sniff some sort of national somewhere. Yeah. That would be cool. I mean, I don't see why this could stop barring. I take, you know, something I can't prevent. But yeah. If I could just take care of my body, sleep, eat massage out any kinks, do whatever I have to do. I don't see why it's not possible because I'm not bad at this. Like I progressed, I think a significant amount within since I started working out August 6, 2019. I remember or August 14th, Laura and I got together August 6th. Yeah. Laura, I remember that. Um, but yeah, so I, I don't see why that's not attainable with yeah. what, how I progressed so far. Yeah. What, what's your progression been? So we're coming up, maybe you're, Three months shy of two years. So, like, what do you remember? What your numbers were on day one versus now? Yeah, my, my, I actually, I 
I told you this. I didn't deadlift till I started getting till I got here. Right. I never deadlifted. Yeah. So my squat was one eighty five. My bench was was two thirty. Yeah. And my deadlift, I, I mean, I had no idea. Zero. Yeah. Haven't done and it. then now my squat. I don't know what it is exactly, but last week we did three seventy for two. Yeah. Okay. So I, I was, That's probably I was three sniffing ninety four hundred. Yeah. Plus sniffing four hundred. Yeah. Deadlift is actually probably like ten pounds more than that. Yeah. Um. Because I did uh three reps for three seventy. So yeah. that and then bench press. I did Morgan's pie. I think it was two seventy for three. Okay. Somewhere around there. Yeah. So you put like almost pretty much doubled your squat. Yeah. Like doubled your, your deadlift and put seventy ish on your on your bench. Yeah. So I don't see why it's not possible to by the time I'm like thirty nine to be deadlifting 600 pounds yeah i mean or over that i don't i don't see why that's not tangible yeah yeah people are calling me crazy even my friends i had one friend that said my biological clock was ticking and if i didn't know him so well for so long he would not be my friend anymore. <laughs> yeah that's just it's just like it's like lack of growth mentality i mean like don't get me wrong there's some people that have some lofty shit i'm just like hey look you need a little dose of reality here but I mean, you've only been lifting for two years, really. And that's four more years down the road. It, I think, I'm trying to think of <clears throat> when I first deadlifted 600. Because you're, how much you weigh right now? Uh, 206. 206. But okay. I need to compete at 198. Yeah, so when I first deadlifted 600 at 220, now, I was training in high school and in college and whatnot, but I, I don't think I ever deadlifted in high school or college. Um, it was at MBS at the first location. So I was probably 26, 27, and I don't think I'd started powerlifting until I was like 23, 24-ish. So it took me about three or four years to get up to a 600-pound deadlift. So I don't think it's crazy to think that you could do it in seven years you right. know what i mean <clears throat> but if you know if again going back it's like if you're talking to people who have when I mean, you tell someone who's never deadlifted who thinks deadlift's bad for your back uh or that squatting is bad for your knees or whatever that um i want to deadlift 600 pounds to them they're like oh like oh that, that sounds crazy like but they have no reference for it right you know it's and it's kind of be like what have you done amazing with your life Good point. If you've done nothing amazing in, in your life, don't give me any type of advice. Right. That's a good point. <laughs> you know what I mean? I wish I thought of that. Because I don't <laughs> I only I only want to hear from people who are now, you know, it's like if uh, if you were like, Hey Dave, I think I want to try to lift eight hundred pounds by the time I'm I'm forty, I'd be like, Okay. We have a talk. I'm not saying it's impossible, but this we gotta look at the, the <laughs> landscape out there, right? And see, you know, what will it take and all that kind of stuff. But uh, but if you're talking to someone who's not an expert or educated in the subject and then also isn't, just hasn't done anything exceptional, exceptional, then yeah. your, your opinion is not, not that worthwhile to me. Agreed. <laughs> you know? Totally agree. So, yeah, I think that, yeah. I th I, and if anything, but I also, the flip side is that if anything, like, good. That's a good thing. Glad he told you that because it, it, you, you have a personality where you're like, okay, fucker. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> you know, like, 
We can cuss. No. Yeah. Um, like, okay. Like, I needed to hear that because now, now that's just more fuel to my fire. <laughs> when my dad was young, now he's 72, but when he was younger in his 50s and 60s, I mean, he was a psycho in a good way, but he was just somebody you didn't want to cross. And he's still that person now, but he's a lot more mild and gentle. I, when I told him, I said, Dad, I think I have, I can, I can smell it. Like I can, I can't touch it yet, but I, or taste it, but I, I can kind of smell that I might have an opportunity to do something pretty great. Yeah. You know, at least in my little world. And I expected him to have a little pullback on it because he doesn't like me seeing me get hurt yeah, yeah. mentally or anything. Yeah. And at one point, you know, like I said, I was in a bad mental spot. So he's like, don't, you know, don't go back yeah. there. And his first, his only words, he said, then fucking do it. <laughs> I said, okay, yeah, that's dude. fine. And then, you know, I got great support system at home. Laura was like, yeah, I mean, I expect you to go to nationals. Yeah. I am. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's like a, uh, that's just a beautiful dad moment right there. Just like, like to believe in you, like to that degree. Yeah. Not to like, well, you know, he's just like, yeah, then just do it. Yeah. You know, you, like uh, how influ- influential do you feel like your dad's been like in where you are today? Because it sounds like, it sounds like a lot of like his mentality and like his approach to this played a big role into your mentality and like your approach to this from such a young age, you know? Well, for sure. I mean, if, if he wouldn't, my dad, we would have fought to the death at one point or another. Like we're really, we're very much similar. He's a lot more, at least when he was my age and up until he was about 65, he was a lot more reactionary. Yeah. Whereas I'll kind of step back for a second yeah. and think, but not, not much longer. Yeah. Um, but he, his personality, I mean, he constantly says with this business, he said, if I didn't have this personality, people would have run me over. Yeah. And I mean, I have this, I am this successful because of it. Now yeah. some people can't take it. Yeah. Like it's, I mean, they just, your dad's a psycho. Like I know, but I mean, he is he, who he is. You know dad. who he is. Yeah. So you got to respect it. And, it has a big influence because I see what, or I know I didn't see it, but I know what he went through as a kid. Like he was so poor. Yeah. Ridiculously poor. And how he came out on top, how he's, he's never stopped. I mean, he'll never stop working. The day he stops working, he's dead. Yeah. Um, he pushed me to be, I remember my cross country races, <clears throat> he would run to every single mile marker point. And some of these mile marker points are far away. Yeah. And he would run to every single one and say, I want you to catch the guy in front of you. That's awesome. And sometimes I, I couldn't because I was physically going at 100%. But yeah. sometimes he would give me that little juice to say, okay, I'll, yeah. I'll get him. Yeah. That's it. That's, I, yeah. It sounds like your dad just from the very get-go wasn't – he's not the type of person to kind of like lay back and just take it. He's the type of person to say like, <laughs> no. no. Like, this guy carries two pistols on him. Like, he's <laughs> he's begging for somebody to try. And yeah. He's, and so, like, when the doctor comes in and says, like, man, your, your kid's got this, and, like, it's not good, and he's just like, no. Like, I'm not going to accept that. I'll, 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 we'll find a way to, to, to get through this. And then that's that mentality, that approach to life, and then just the disease in general, you've kind of taken on that same approach. Oh, for sure. Yeah. I mean, I lost it for the better part of a decade. Yeah. Like, I was broken mentally. Yeah for a while and then like i know and he said he was when i was in that spot he was like i miss the man i had when you were 16 yeah i was like i do too like i mean i didn't say that but mentally i was crying on the inside yeah and then it finally came back i mean finally not too long ago yeah and you know i aged 
and I matured, but I went through stuff, but I am picking back up my mentality of, um, accomplishing things back from when I was a very young kid. Yeah. That's awesome. A young man, adult. Yeah. A cool man. Brett, man, I appreciate you coming on the podcast. Any, any words of advice or encouragement for people out there with CF that may hear this? You know, besides the basic of put more muscle on your body, don't, this is going to sound really counterproductive, but don't always listen to the doctors. They, people that are prescribing or telling you what you've got, they don't have. Do what you think is right. Do what you think is going to make you healthier and live longer and have quality of life, not, not just longevity of life. You want quality over quantity by far, at least with CF. Awesome. Thank you. All right, man. I appreciate you coming on, brother. Thanks, man. All right, NBS Fitness Radio, out. Thank you for listening to NBS Fitness Radio. If you enjoyed the podcast, be sure to share it with your friends, follow us on social media, and check out our website at www.nbsfitness.net. Hit the subscribe button and tune in next time for more NBS Fitness Radio.